Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. We are continuing our coverage of Breaking Bad. We're into season five, episode five, Dead Freight. This is a very famous episode, or certainly a very famous uh, sequence at the end of the episode. Um, this one first appeared on our screens on my birthday, August 12th, 2012. Um, directed and written by George Mastras, so he's doing the double act on this one. Um, plenty to talk about with this one. Looking forward to. Uh, to getting into all the interesting stuff on this one. My name is Nick, and uh, that better be something from my boob. <laughs> and my name is Ben. Na, 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 He's picking up on my shut up, shut ups from, from the last <laughs> episode. <laughs> I just kind of felt that that, um, that very Hank line had to be used at some point. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. It's hard to find it. Well, we've actually both used Hank lines on this one, but it's getting harder because he's getting more serious to find uh, good Hank lines. But uh, so I'm glad we're able to get some in there. Yeah, it's the the comedy maybe not as much as as it is in some of the ones, but um, you know, it's yeah, as you say, you've got to be able to find them, find the funny in some of them. We could have gone with "I'm the boss man." Yeah, maybe that we just stole someone's closing line. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, before we kind of get into the episode proper, I just wanted to give a little bit of a, a Brian Cranston update because I think we talked a little bit about you know like these actors and shows that they've been on and, and things like that. And I think I mentioned I started watching Your Honor. Um, well, maybe I didn't. Maybe it was a text to you as opposed to something. I think you messaged me. I don't think we said it on yeah, air. Yeah, yeah. So I've finished the whole season. It's, I mean, it's only ten episodes. I think they're going to make a second season. Um, but um, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's. Um, you know, there, there's a few a few criticisms online that it kind of starts strong and then peters out. I I really enjoyed the, the start and the end, and yeah, the middles are not quite as good, but um, it's probably the most kind of Heisenberg type Brian Cranston performance I've seen. So I think if if you like the show, especially for for Brian Cranston's performance, I think you'd probably get quite a lot out of that show. So um, and the first episode I'd say especially would be like a very strong buy if we were doing it episode by episode. So yeah, if you've got, if you've got time and you're you're a fan of Brian Cranston, you probably going to enjoy enjoy uh, your honor as well i would say add it to the list i um i did yeah i i think when i first saw it had come out i i really wanted to see it but um i've got a backlog of things that i'm trying to catch up on in the moment but i'll put it on there I, I still i've still got um the one that i really want to watch which is what a couple of years old now with brian cranston is um is it all the way the lbj yeah, miniseries good movie, movie. Yep. Uh, yeah. Is it a movie or a miniseries? It's a know. movie, yeah. It's a movie. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, I'll, I'll add it to the list because uh, I'll never say no to some extra Brian. I think um, I, just tonight I think I watched his, his greatest ever piece of work, which is him doing a, a nature a commentary on a nature documentary, which is oh, a really? new one out here by, uh, by Netflix called Animal. This is called Animal, and there's an episode on dogs. So obviously, I was going to like that one, and kind of went and watched that. And uh, yeah, he's got the voice for a, a nature documentary, I think. Nice. So um, yeah, gives gives Attenborough a run for his money. 
I haven't. Th- I mean, I think I told the story about how when I flew back to Australia, um, Malcolm the Middle was on plane, and I was just in a random mood. So I was put on some Malcolm the Middle, and it was like the first time I'd watched it since I was a kid, probably. And it just, again, like I always, as I've said on this show so many times, I kind of steered away from Breaking Bad, thinking like, oh, that's odd to see like break, you know, Brian Cranston. Now it's kind of the opposite. You kind of watch him in a comedic role, and again, he pulls it off. Uh, you kind of forget about it pretty quickly, but it's just kind of funny going back to seeing him in that mm. role. But he's a he's a chameleon. He can do anything. Yeah, he is. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm he's sure he great. can play cricket for New Zealand at the moment, Nick. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I suppose we better actually move on to this episode, which is um, obviously, like I said, I think quite a famous episode, and certainly the the end sequence is is one of the most famous, I think, on the show. At least I feel like it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it, you know. We've had kind of four episodes of kind of set up, and I think we're now starting to kind of get into into the season a bit more properly. I think so. It's yeah, it's exciting to feel like we're turning a wee bit of a corner on this episode. I feel like I'm intrigued to hear you talk about this episode because you've kind of mentioned a, a few times that I don't know if you say you got criticism of this episode, but you've said a few things that you want to talk about this episode. I I, I love this episode, um, and obviously the last scene, which is a it, goes on for so long. I always forget how long the last scene actually is. But um, I think even the stuff around the, the build-up to it is just great. I love sort of this whole heist build-up. I love this whole section where you've got, you know, Walt breaking down and kind of bugging Hank. Like, this episode is almost just like four or five scenes all lumped together. It's kind of, we've talked about these episodes where it's like a lot of short scenes that kind yeah. of build it up, whereas this one's almost the opposite. It's kind of like, it's almost like a, a stage play, like in interval acts, mm. isn't it? Like the way it is. But I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy the entire episode. And obviously I love the closing sequence of this episode. Yeah, I, I think um, probably the, the the thing that is interesting to me is that kind of obviously watch the episode, listen to the commentary, so watched it twice and watched the kind of making of little short that they had. I actually found it on YouTube, I think, as opposed to watching on the on the Blu-ray. Um, and then I saw this little documentary like on on you know, just somebody had put up on their, their YouTube channel saying this is a better episode than Ozymandias, which I think is, is quite the Whoa, call. Um, don't know about that. <laughs> but um, and, and every time I was like, oh, yeah, I, I want to feel that way, but I just I just don't. And then that's not to say I don't like this episode. It's obviously still a very good episode. But, um, yeah, hopefully I can pick a few holes in it um, just, just to be different, I guess, as we go along. But, um, yeah, we can, we can probably get started. It's a, it's a great teaser and, and definitely one that re- is rewarded on repeat viewings because, obviously, the first time you see this opening, you don't really know what's going on, which is this kind of kid riding his dirt bike through the you know the, uh, the desert in, um, in New Mexico. And it, it's great. You get some great shots, you know, GoPro shots from the, the handle bars and and all that kind of stuff and and um you know i, I think just kind of the, the filming decisions are, are really cool here and, and then you see him kind of stop and find this tarantula and apparently mm-hmm. this kid in real this kid in real life had a tra- is a tarantula he's got a is a tarantula he's not he's not a tarantula um he looks very good for it yeah, yeah, very good sorry, human acting uh, by this tarantula he, he, he has a tarantula <laughs> is what i meant to say um so he was like very confident kind of picking one up and, and scooping it into the jar as you kind of see there and then you kind of you hear him you see him kind of hear the, the the train in the distance, and he turns his head, and and that's kind of that's where we kind of close out. So it's yeah, it's a really kind of um, the first time you watch it, you're like, what the hell is this? Because you, you've got no kind of context for it. But I think when you watch it a second, third time round, it's a lot more kind of satisfying because you know what the payoff's going to be at the end of the episode. So yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a fun little one. But yeah, one of those ones that I think is so much better when you know where it's going. I am generally very critical of kids in TVs and movie shows when they're pains in the asses. But 
I don't think this kid says a word, does he, in, in either no. of his scenes. But, like, he's actually really good for someone who yeah. doesn't say a word. Like, he kind yeah. of... You almost get personality from this kid, don't you? Um, yeah. So I kind of like it, but it's funny you mentioned that it's a tarantula. That's what we call an ant in Australia. So um, <laughs> that that's not a spider. This is a spider. Um, I hate spiders and I big spiders. I can deal with a little the itty bitty ones like New Zealand spiders. Ah, there's a spider. That's not a spider. Um, but like here, yeah, spiders hate them. And uh, even when I watch shows, I'm I'm one of those people who like look at this and go, oh, I can't I can't see it. Um, but yeah, it's, I remember seeing this for the first time going, okay, kid getting a tarantula probably means something. <laughs> um, and I think even when I did my speed rewatch, like a few months ago, I think I forgot, uh, what happened at the end of this episode. So even then I was just sort of like, huh? Okay. Kid spider. Cool. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. The more you watch this, the more you sort of pick up on what they're trying to do here. Yeah, and, and and you're right. He's a, he's a good little actor. This guy he doesn't have a lot to do, but um, obviously, what he does have to do is very important. Big and impact so, um, too. For, yeah, for somebody yeah. who who just what has two scenes, yeah, um, yeah. and he's going to be very like particularly for Jesse moving forward. Yeah. Think about it. Like it's kind yeah. of everything that's going to go down with Jesse from this point on is because of this kid. So it's um this. I mean, I don't know who he is, uh, but I mean, very important character for Breaking Bad for somebody who doesn't say a single line. Yeah, and I think um probably important to point out because it's obviously not said in either of the scenes we'll find out later but this is drew sharp um so yeah i mean you don't need to know that but you know it's worth telling you now samuel webb um, is the actor's name just yes. fyi yeah um webb did you say webb yeah samuel webb there you yeah. go look it's, it's like, it was what, meant to be it's like mark webb was it mark webb who yeah, directed did the spider-man, the Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, uh, yeah yeah exactly um yeah. he has got is this all right? No, that's um. Oh, I was going to say Sam Webb sounds familiar. There's an Australian Survivor player called Sam Webb. I'm thinking like, why does that name sound familiar? And I was about to say I went to a different uh, page there, but um, I'm just seeing has he been in anything else? No, he acted in Breaking Bad was his third role. Previous to that, he was in a movie called A Boy Called Dad. Uh, then he was in I Was a Seventh Grade Dragon Slayer. And then he was in a Johnny Depp movie called Transcendence in 2014. He hasn't been right. in anything since. So, right. yeah. Wow. There you go. Um, oh, well, we'll come back to Drew at the end of the episode. Um, but in the meantime, we kind of we uh, head back a little bit and we've got uh, um, Hank unpacking his, his new office here as he's moved up to be the boss. And um, and um, Walt comes in and um, we hear that, you know, he pretends that the, the watch he's got was a birthday present to himself and and then kind of has this, you know, they have this conversation and, and then Walt kind of breaks down in tears saying that Skylar doesn't love him anymore and, and um, you know, doesn't think he's a good father and, and all that kind of stuff. And you can see kind of Hank's like not very comfortable with this <laughs> this and um, looks for a reason to kind of give him a moment to compose himself and I'll, I'll go make you a coffee I'll come back and and um, you see kind of Walt just immediately switches off the tears and and um, has this bug that he puts um, behind the the photo frame of a photo of, of um, Hank and Marie and then the the device he connects up to the laptop as well uh, to the computer as well so um, you know and he's able to do that and yeah the, the, I think probably the, the shot that I love the most of this is you know like he's frantically trying to get the bug into the back of the the photo frame and you know just as he finishes you know Hank comes back into the room and and there's there's kind of no flicker of kind of panic in Walt's eyes at all he just pretends he was looking at that photo you know fondly and um, you know just this master of being able to lie i think it's just you know really really good so it's it's a great scene to kind of set up that you know um you know 
Walt has just like you know whatever was left of Walt's kind of gone now, right? And you've just got this Heisenberg character who will just do whatever he can, lighter whoever he has to, to kind of get what he needs to get done. And and obviously this kind of bug is going to be quite an important you know plot device for the next few episodes, really. So um, yeah, it's it, it, it's a great kind of. Um, illustration of how this is done because they could have just talked about i went and put a bug in his office but i think actually seeing it is 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 very you know it's quite a powerful way of kind of being able to see this simple scene but i I do think it is really good and the thing that i really love about it is that it kind of it comes out of nowhere in the fact that it's not like we've had a leading scene you know between mike jesse and him going like oh how are we gonna how are we gonna find out what hank's talking about i know i can get into his office and i can bug it like there's no setup scene it's just literally we're watching this thinking that oh Walt legitimately is sad about you know skylar and everything and then it just kind of like goes from that to this like yeah the evil heisenberg look plugging in like and i just i, I i'm with you i love it kind of the no panic and everything too so that i think makes it even more effective is that you just have no clue what he's doing here until he actually does what he does so yeah it's it's great i i really like it and i think yeah just the kind of um the lack of fear that he has now that he just has to do these things and and um yeah it's just well delivered right i think it's uh yeah can i really really ask one quick question just i've just i froze it on here in one of the scenes why does hank have a rubber ducky on his desk I, I don't know. I have no idea. It's like <laughs> a well, rubber well, ducky I've, on his desk. I've, I've got a whole bunch of like little kind of fidget toys I have on my desk because yeah. when I'm when I'm having a conversation with somebody, I need to I need to physically pick something up, and you know, for whatever reason, that kind of is something I do. Um, so maybe that's he just likes to play with his rubber ducky. I thought you were going to say why is Skylar working in the office because you look in the background. There's this yeah, this blonde I woman who that. is very kind of yeah. could be could be a stunt double for Anna Garnett. Um, yeah. Well, I'm just looking like on his desk, like he's got like a like a Hawaiian hula statue or something like that. But like this rubber duck's got like a captain's hat on or something like that. I, I remember like when I was working in New Zealand, I got as part of a secret Santa gift. Somebody bought me like a Steve Irwin holding a crocodile <laughs> figurine, which I still got with me. And I think I had that on, you know, in Canada. And it's just kind of like, it's like, hey, I'm Australian. I've got a Steve Irwin thing on my desk. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd love to know the backstory. I wonder if there's fan theories about Hank's rubber ducky. I um yeah I wonder if it's like you know you've got the Funko Pop characters but you can also get yeah. like a similar type you can get this like rubber ducks you can collect them right like it's kind yeah. of thing um yeah so I remember like remember being in like a nerd shop and they had like a Crash Bandicoot inspired rubber ducky and a Spyro the Dragon one and I was like oh that's quite cool but yeah. I would never buy one but uh, there they are um yeah so Hank and his rubber ducky who who I'm, yeah, I'm just googling take- here Hank's rubber duck Breaking Bad. Um, there, there's there's nothing, not even like, you know. <laughs> it doesn't nothing. have a page on the wiki. That's disappointing. I know, Maybe like this is very disappointing. Start a petition. Like, I, thought, justice, I thought there would be. Justice for Hank Starks. We could be the first to ever discover it. Maybe no one has ever yeah. discovered this until right now. We could be the exclusive podcast that uh, so when, and Vince, Vince Gilligan will be listening going, yeah. finally someone broke the theory. They win That's Breaking right. Bad. That's what I was gonna say. When we when we get that inevitable um, interview with with Vince Gilligan, the first question will be, "What's the meaning behind Hank's rubber duck?" What is the deal with the rubber duck on Hank's desk? <laughs> uh, seriously, can we right. mark that down? We get Vince Gilligan on the show. The biggest question we've ever got: What is yeah. Hank's rubber duck on his desk? Yeah. yeah, and he'll just be like, "Why did I agree to this interview and hang out?" Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> there was a rubber yeah. duck on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we get Dean yeah. Norris on, and Dean's, oh, well, look, I personally love rubber ducks, and I have to have one in every <laughs> scene I'm ever in. Watch every show that I'm in. You're the first to ever notice it. 
uh, maybe he takes a home every night and has a bath um, with his I rubber I could see him in a bath, like, you know, yeah, like, you know. Doing, like, the little Bert Nooney song. Um, I was going to say, friend's reference, Chandler in the bath, got my boat. Yeah. Um, he's got yeah. my rubber duck. So, yeah. 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 Right, okay, so we move on, and our next scene is uh, they're in the basement of this this abandoned building, which um, the I heard when, when I was listening to the commentary was an actual abandoned building. So this is an actual, this isn't a set they built, this is an actual thing, which is which is great. Um, I always like it when you get, like, you know, because it's not like it's a fancy set or anything, it's just like, you know, it, it feels like the right location for something like this, and it was it was a real location, which is always really cool. Um, but basically they've got Lydia here and, and Walt and Jesse and Mike are kind of, you know, um, interrogating and threatening Lydia and, and um, basically they force her to make this call to the DEA and this is all to do with the GPS you know, locator that they found on the bo- the barrel of methylamine um, and you know basically they give her these lines she's got to read and says if she you know tries to cry for help or whatever that you know they, they'll kill her basically um, and and you know basically just says no the you know the cops weren't responsible for this, um, and you know this is not not good for Lydia. Basically, yeah, we, we're going to have to kill her type of thing. And um, then we kind of hear the, the pickup from the bug. So this is the first time the bug's been used, and we hear um, Hanks kind of make this call, and um, we hear that yes, actually one of his when one of his agents had been putting these trackers on these barrels of methylamine, so she's in the clear. She actually didn't do it herself, um, which was a bit of a hangover from the last episode, I think. Um, which so I forgot. Kind of got, I completely yeah. forgot that she didn't do it. I always thought she did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and so we've kind of got the answer to that. And... Um, yeah, basically, Mike is, is still wanting to wanting to you know get rid of Lydia at this point, um, and um, she basically says that um, you know she can help them, you know, find a, a, an ocean of methylamine as she puts it. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just this is kind of a setup scene for, for where we're going to get to the end of the episode, really, and and kind of clearing up some of that stuff. Um, some cool kind of shots, though. I like the shot, you know, from like. Um, beneath the table that kind of comes through the, the you know because it's kind of like a grated table it's not like a solid top and um you know sometimes the cameras it's like looking up at lydia um from beneath the table i think it's just quite a cool little shot a real breaking bad shot um so yeah i think it's this is all good setup to kind of get us to where we're going to get at the end of the episode i think it's a really cool shot to come when it's like uh yeah, when they get the map out but um yeah, I, I, I like it. I mean, look, don't still don't like Lydia. Sorry, but I think Laura Fraser just knocks it out of the park in this one. She's so good. I, I love it when you, you kind of are able to get an actor acting that they're acting, if that makes sense. Like when she's reading the script and like uh, pretending to, you know, uh, read it out. And I, I love it kind of like I, I love Mike, the way he's so sinister with her. He's like, if you fuck this up, you know, you'll know, you get shot in the head now. Repeat, what's going to happen? You'll kill me. How? I'm going to shoot you in the head. Like, you'll shoot me in the head. Like, I just kind of like how to really, like, distill that fear into her. She has to, like, literally repeat everything that he's saying. And I love it when she rings up um, the DEA and she just kind of keeps repeating her name, which is kind of cool. But I love that line from Mike when, you know, he still wants to kill her. And he's just like, she put a hit out on me. <laughs> just, you know, he's so pissed off. And then I also love the line from Lydia when she gets off the phone or whatever and they realise that it's, um, that the DA really did put the track and she just looks at Mike and just like, asshole. And you kind of see Mike walk off and then kind of stop and look at her before walking off again. <laughs> I just love Mike versus Lydia. It's funny. I think it's um, you know, it's quite interesting that you know, kind of like Lydia's talking about that you know she's got access to the, you, you know, all the um, 
the manifest or whatever it is, you know, that she knows when the methylamine's going to be on the on the train and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, she's just really an, this integral part of making this work. And so I think, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're supposed to like Lydia as a character, but you're totally right that it's it's played really, really well. But I also think they give her something important to do. She's not just this annoying character that you're just like, why is she here on screen? They actually do give yeah. her something to do, which I think is really important. Like, she's not just there to be annoying. She she does have kind of a, a, a plot purpose. And I think that's really, really important in kind of keeping this character around. So every time you see her on screen, you are meant to be annoyed by her. That's kind of the whole thing. But yeah, she she is actually important to the plot, which is which is good. Yeah. And no, I agree with that. Like it's she's yeah, she's not just annoying character for the sake of being annoying, you know. Um yeah. so and I mean she gets a, a good arc in the season, you know, stuff to do, great ending. Uh, you know, it's memorable. Um, but yeah, I just don't really like her. <laughs> She's which is good. Annoying. I think you I think I think you're having the <laughs> exactly. reaction that the that, that the writers want you to have, which exactly. is which is really important. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean it's quite a long scene this. Um and, all of them know, are in this episode. I mean we're like yeah. basically halfway through the episode already. It's it's yeah. kind of there it's just it's each scene, like you can probably count there's like four, five in this entire episode yeah. and each goes for like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I feel like I'm kind of glazing over this, but it, you know, it is it is a really important kind of setup scene, and I think it's the one that's probably gets a little bit forgotten because you know, like the stuff at the end of the episodes, the the exciting stuff. But it, it obviously doesn't work if you don't set it up really, really well. You know that this is kind of going to be doable, um, and obviously we're going to get back into these guys are going to have a conversation without Lydia um, fairly soon, um, which we'll talk about. But uh, before we do that, we've got a, just a little scene at the Schrader House where uh, um, you know. Um, Hank's playing with with baby Holly and um, and you know Marie comes in and they talk about wh- wh- how emo McGee's doing <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and talk, you know and they don't realise that emo McGee's just there and he's and he's listening to them and uh, <laughs> you know basically saying do you want to you know do you want something to eat do you want to watch what, a Blu-ray of Heat with me um, oh, and he says no movie. good movie <laughs> but it's like you can uh, you can no you can go back to talking about me though. Um, so basically, I think it's just setting up that these guys are, you know, it's a, 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 they're doing the best they can, but it's a bit of a struggle. They're not, they're not the parents here, and, and they're having to try and act like parents. And um, yeah, and you know, I, I think just the whole thing of Walter Junior is kind of, you know, he's frustrated with what's going on because he doesn't have information here. So I think it's, it, it's quite a cool little scene. It, you know, it's not doing a whole lot, but I think it just kind of, you know, is, is reinforcing that there's this weird kind of family dynamic happening at the moment um, because of the whole situation um, going on with Walton Skyler. Just quickly before I mention about the scene, um, one thing I wanted to say, as I didn't realise you were including sort of the, the map scene in there with Lydia, is I love that shot, like the sort of the see-through map shot from underneath, mm. which is really, really cool. Um, and it just, I love a good setup of a heist as... Um, Big fan of Grand Theft Auto, and obviously, like Grand Theft Auto Four and Five, they a whole big thing about it is like you've got to plan heists, and kind of it's just really cool that the effort you got to do with it. So I kind of like all this and the setup and just everything with that. Um, is it ever explained why Hank and Marie don't have kids, or like, like, or don't you know, like? Oh, I don't, th- I don't think so. I'm not sure that's ever something that's that's kind of really been discussed before. Um, I imagine it's probably in a, in a special feature or something like that. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, not, not that I think it's a bad thing. I mean, I don't think just because you've got a married couple on TV, they have to have kids. I mean, you, I know married couples who don't have kids and it's, they get sick of being mm. asked. Like, well, we just don't want kids. Like, you don't yeah. have to have kids if you're married. Like, it's just yeah. kind of, it's a it's a thing. So it's kind of, but it's, 
I find it's a unique TV thing that you've kind of got a married couple. So like, this is kind of a scene you would think that they're there with a little baby and Marie or somebody's like, oh, I want one or something like that, you know, but um, yeah. obviously not. But, yeah, I love Emo McGee. Um, that's, uh, that's a really good line, I think, Emo McGee. Yeah, so, should have uh, opened with my name's Emo McGee, but I'm just Emo McGee. So. If we ever have the um, the Walt Jr. spinoff, it should be called Emo McGee, the Walt Jr. story. <laughs> The Walt Jr. Chronicles. Ah, Jamie, he um, returns as Emo McGee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we've got the scene now with the three guys at, at Jesse's house and they're talking about, you know, is this actually a, a feasible plan, basically? Um, and and you know, obviously able to talk a bit more freely without um, Lydia there. And um, I, I love kind of how the, the shot's framed, you know, that you've mm. kind of got this, um, you know, it's, the argument's really between Walt and and Mike, but basically it starts to zoom in on Jesse. And, you know, I've just talked about that. I like to have something to physically kind of play with when I'm having a conversation. And and here's Jesse doing exactly the same thing with a straw that he's got in this kind of, you know, cup of iced tea or whatever the hell it is, you know, that he's kind of playing with. And, and it's just quite interesting that, you know, so, so basically, you know, um, yeah, Mike saying that, you know, they, this is not a feasible plan and we should, you know, we should just use pseudoephedrine until we can get some more uh, methylamine. And Walt doesn't want to do that, you know, that it, goes against his quality control type of thing so he you know they should stop until they can get methylamine um and and yeah and then yeah basically kind of like these accusations flying between these two guys and and then you know the camera's kind of panning in on jesse who basically says well maybe we can steal it without anybody knowing we've stolen it um and you know like i think the whole thing with the kind of straw is really to indicate he's thinking about you know the things can go in and out of a tank you know like i i, I kind of get the, the imagery there which is really cool um so you know are, are they able to kind of do it without you know without being caught which kind of takes us into the next little scene which is you know that starts with this great kind of image of, of um you know what with the hat the heisenberg hat on on the train tracks and you know they've got this measuring wheel out and they're kind of you know measuring where they're going to go to and you know if they stop the train you know here you know where the tank will be and and, and all that kind of stuff and um and you know basically that you know it, it, it aligns with this kind of bridge that's kind of there that they'll be able to kind of basically stop stop the the tank they need to on you know just above this bridge and and so it is a doable plan um so yeah i think it's you know it, it is really good there's some great imagery here as well i think you know when you've got these three guys kind of walking the train tracks and you've got like a quite a wide shot and it's kind of like this beautiful kind of cloudy you know image of the sky and things like that and it's just this kind of yeah this kind of beautiful kind of one shot it's it's really really nice i think they kind of use the landscape particularly well here so yeah i think it's it's kind of great to see these guys kind of realize that there is a way they could potentially do this and and like you say it's that kind of building a heist is, is quite exciting I love those clicky wheels that Jesse has got. Like those, I used to love them in a math class in primary school when you'd be measuring meters on the ground with like yeah, yeah. Wheel, wheel things. Um, yeah, I love that shot too with Jesse and kind of zooming in on it. I mean, the only thing I'll question, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Jesse, but how is this Jesse who comes up with this idea? I think this would be a very Walt idea, right? Like, kind well, of I like- think, I, I, I think that's probably the point is that, like, you know, um, Walt's often, and, and as the show goes on, I think he becomes more um, more about being right than actually thinking through plans. And, you know, we've obviously seen this before, Jesse, like even a few episodes ago with the whole magnets thing, that was mm. a Jesse idea. And, you know, like if, if Walt had been thinking this through, then, you know, and, 
you know, earlier in the show's run, we saw that when you go back to, um, you, you know, the the Mercury Fulminate back in season season one. You know, um, he he had the scientific answer for all these things, but um, you know, now he's so focused on being the king and and you know having this empire and all this kind of stuff that he's actually not thinking through what the plan will look like. Um, and so I think Jesse's able to kind of just sit back and think a bit more clearly, which I think is is really really good. So mm. yeah, I think it's I think it's a I think it's deliberate to kind of show that Jesse's actually the one that's able to think clearly at the moment and, um, you know, Walt's too worried about his ego. Yeah, good point, good point. Um, and, you know, I, I like when Jesse has things to do, but I like it kind of the way yeah, they're setting this up and the heisting. And I don't know if um, I'm jumping ahead here by talking about, like, them digging the holes in the ground with the tanks, but um, I kind of just like this whole set up things and I, I like this would you know we talk about going to different locations and that sort of stuff you ever go to albuquerque but like it's be a cool little one to go to go to like the the spot where the train was um which i do have to question like again i don't want to question the, the whole logistics of this too much because i love this whole train thing i think it's great but like when lydia was obviously explaining about like this being a a dead zone and kind of you know like this is there's no communications they can't call for help and anything like that sort of stuff you do have to question though that like if they're leaving a certain point to arrive in Albuquerque by a certain time, if they're stalled for like 10 minutes, surely there's got to be some like transponders or something that like set off a red flag. It's like if a plane is flying between mm. Auckland and Sydney and it goes dark for 10 minutes and all of a sudden it's not like they're going to be raising some red flags. Mm. So like that's my only, my big question here is like how is this not a, a thought process or is it a case of, oh, well, they're going to just say that we were held up by a truck in the middle of the road, so which they are, I guess. So I guess that's kind of the excuse, right? Well, but, I guess um, I guess the thing is, like, you know, like this is too much of a coincidence that the day that we get this really, really watered down methylamine is also the same day that we stopped on this train tracks here. Like, yeah. um, and and obviously, I think I, I'm not. Forgive me if I if I've missed this, but I don't think we ever see them. Kind of, oh no, we do. Sorry, we obviously see the tank of methylamine. You know, they obviously take that out of the ground pretty quickly. So I think there wouldn't mm. be any evidence of that, um, you know, within a few days. So if it took them, if it took the train company any longer to figure that out, then there wouldn't be any evidence to suggest it. But well, we've, they we've gone over that a bit with a lot of this show, haven't we? About the if you really think about this, something's going to go like you know, with the bodies last season when the the lab gets burnt down and the magnets and. Um, yeah, like we've definitely, there are definitely things that I think if you think too long and hard about, they wouldn't get away with it. But um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and I think probably the thing is, is that early in the run of the show, you probably would forgive it because I think it's kind of set up, and, and I think that. Mm. It, but I think probably it's probably not unfair to say that it's probably stretched, the credibility is starting to be a bit more stretched as the show goes on. You know, I think that you know we we've probably given them a bit more creative license because the show is so good, but they're probably less and less believable as the show goes on, maybe. Mm. Yeah, which, I mean, look, it, I talked about that, like, I think in the, the Magnets episode where, yeah, I've seen a lot of criticism for Magnets being just stupid. Um, and I think I have seen some criticism for this train sequence as well as being stupid. Um, but like, again, Which is it's, funny because, yeah, to me, I just I feel like it's one of those things. It's a TV thing of, like, exactly. maybe, it's, maybe it's so crazy it could actually work. You know, like, but the, but this no is the thing, and, it's, and there have been cases in the world where things have Done, people have done stupid things and somehow they've worked. You know, it's like, and I just think it's 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 just entertaining. Like, what I love about this episode is I obviously love the closing train heist, but I love the build-up to this. I love that they go out of their way to explain it. And they're like, okay, even if logically, realistically, this would never happen, 
they at least go out of their way to be like, okay, well, this is how we're going to do it. Even when we got this conversation with like Jesse and Todd and that in the desert, and they're basically, they just go out of their way to explain about like water, mix with it, blah, blah, blah. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Oh, but won't they realize that it's watered down? Yes, you're right. But then they'll just blame China. Like I just, it's, it's again, you might be like, okay, that's just so dumb, but they at least go out of their way to explain it. I like it when you have stupid things in movies or TV shows, which they at least explain it. We never got Mary Poppins' lair explained in uh, Last Jedi, did we? If they maybe try to explain it, then maybe it wouldn't be as bad. Uh, this, I like. Well, I think even things like, you know, the ocean's heists were no, were no you know, less crazy than this, but you kind of believe them because it's the world we're building, right? Um, Logan Lucky. Like, There's a movie well, where it's all about, yeah. like, a weird heist which works. So. Well, I mean, even things like I think in real life, like it's every couple of years you hear this news story about some tunnels that have been, mm. you know, dug between Mexico and the US and often in, you know, New Mexico um, that, you know, have been used to, to smuggle drugs it's, it's always happening so like this mm-hmm. is a, a, yeah um but anyway i think yeah we've kind of covered the scene but we'll just kind of quickly go over it again that basically we've got these two guys from from vamanos who are digging this giant hole to bury these two plastic tanks um in the ground underneath the bridge um and we've got todd there who's basically filling one of the tanks up with water the idea being that you know as they siphon the methylamine out of the the tank on the train they'll fill it up with water um which will then make the company believe that their chinese suppliers are basically watering down the methylamine so that's that's what the whole scheme is going to be about and um yeah it's you know it, it makes enough sense for you to kind of follow it yeah um then we kind of move on to what i think is my least favorite scene of, of the episode which is um basically we got, you know walt comes home and um skylar's kind of um, basically says that walt jr's you know, has come back and returns to, uh, you know, refuses to kind of come out of his room. Um, yeah, and, and basically we kind of get this. The thing I'm, I'm, I don't like about the scene is it feels like just a copy and paste of last episode's, you know, really good scene um, of, of kind of Walt and Skyler having this argument about, you know, that he's controlling her and she's kind of stuck in the situation and, um, you know, agreeing to keep the children away, you know, while he's involved in drugs and it just feels like a watered down, which is ironic given we're just talking about watering hmm. things down. It was just like a watered down version of this. And I think probably this is just where I get a little bit annoyed is like, actually, I just don't think the scene was needed. You know, I think it's, it doesn't really move the story on at all. Um, and I, I, one of the things that I think this episode kind of makes a little bit clear to me is I think the, the writers have gotten a little bit stuck with what to do with Skylar and so we're starting to get a bit of repetition of stories from from previous episodes and you know that, that's not going to last long obviously we're going to you know Skylar's going to have lots to do in the second half of this but I think kind of the, the, the kind of the second half of this first you know, half of the of season five I think they kind of run out of steam with Skylar and I'm just starting to see the seams here. And yeah, I just, I, I find this to be an annoying scene because it just feels like a repeat from my perspective. Well, with her extra job at the DEA, she's very stressed now that she's uh, working <laughs> uh, with Hank. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I don't, I don't dislike it. I kind of think it's important to have something with Junior kind of just rebelling because I mean, it kind of, Otherwise, it's what, like, he just goes along with this. And as we, you know, we've seen him in the past seasons, he's kind of not, you know, he's not being told anything. So I I kind of, I almost like the fact that you get, you know, Walt here almost just doing this to impress Skylar, to be like, hey, like, you know, I'm going to do this to, you know, show that I'm firm. And I love that. I love that line when he's like, give me a reason why. And it's like, because we're your mother and your father. That's a reason why, (laughs) like... We've all been in those moments where our parents have said something like that to us and you're just like, oh, it's so unfair. 
Um, but I, I, do, I do like the um, the I'm not your wife, I'm your hostage line. I kind of like that um, line. But, I mean, again, I see what you're saying, but I, I, I'm definitely not as down on it as much as, as you are. Yeah, I think it just it was just done better. I think there were better lines last time and it just feels like we didn't know what to do. We kind of had to make sure people still knew Skylar was here, so we just had to chuck the scene in and it just feels like it doesn't belong. And, you know, what's otherwise a pretty good episode and um, I just feel like this is four or five minutes, maybe not even that long, that could have been used elsewhere building this heist up because I think one of the things is that the build up to the heist is good. I think even a few more minutes could have could have been used to build that up, and we could have picked up the Skylar stuff in the next episode. I just don't think it belongs here. But yeah, I'm, we're quibbling. You know, it's it's not a big deal. But yeah, I think that's why I don't think this is the absolute knockout episode that maybe some people think it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think we've just got a little scene here, which is uh, Lydia kind of confirming that you know. Uh, the train's coming and, and, and what carriage it's going to be on and things like that. So it's just a, you know, just a little scene to kind of set up and then we're into this kind of big, long scene. So it's, um, it's about what, 13, 12, 13 Third, minutes uh, long. I'm it's, looking yeah. at here. It's, uh, it starts at the, uh, where are we here? 33 and a half minute mark, basically. Uh, and it goes for about 14 minutes. So well, that includes the credits at the end. So yeah, and I and I think one of the things if we're going to be talking, this is a top five. I don't even know where we would break it up. I think it almost. I would say you literally. You, I, I honestly would. I think you you start it at Lydia hangs up the phone, and you've got the shot of Walt's bald head on the bridge. That I, yeah. I like. I know, like it's kind of like oh one scene, but like it, I I don't think you can chop this at all. I think that kind no. of like it's, there's no qualms in having a 14 minute sequence in a top five because it's mm. it is the whole thing you want. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, as you say, we've got QB uh, here, which is um, our, our man Bill Burr um, returning here and basically just setting up these this truck that, you know, to have broken down on the uh, on the train tracks. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, and, and, and so we basically got him there, you know, ready to kind of signal to the train that, you know, he's broken down so that they'll stop in the correct place. And some great shots here too of the train, you know, like the different kind of camera angles they get of the train kind of pulling up. It kind of gives me kind of, uh, I'm sure there's better references, but um, of train heist, but it just makes me think of Back to the Future Part 3. Um, <laughs> you know, like yeah, just these kind of these kind of great kind of train Wild West type thing. And there is a real Wild West vibe to this, right, which, which is really, really cool. Um, I think on kind of that little make you know, feature that I saw, even Bill Burr even has this line of like, when do I get the scarf to put over my face? That's all that's missing really, you know, we're doing a train heist scene, kind of need that. Um, yeah, and then obviously that, you know, the, the, the train kind of comes to a halt. Um, we kind of get Jesse's kind of, you know, under the train and, and they've got all these tools to kind of, you know, like open up the, the correct tank, which is stopped over the bridge, which is which is really cool. Um, and so the, they can they can start doing that. And um, we've got um, Todd's also on the top of the train. So you kind of got this, you know, this, this kind of two-pronged approach of Todd being up top to be able to put the water into the tank while Jesse takes the methylamine out of the bottom. Um and 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 yeah, so basically we've kind of got there, and uh, and Walt's going to be on the ground, kind of basically you know, watching how much of this methylamine's going into the tank, and, and be able to say, yep, we're ready to go. And we've obviously got Mike and the uh, and the bushes kind of being the go between that can that can tell the guys on the ground that hey, this is what's happening, um, so that you know nothing kind of goes too too badly wrong. Um, and and yeah, everything seems to kind of be going to plan, I suppose. Um, you know, everything's ticking along nicely. But um, yeah, I mean, um, 
QB can only stall these guys for so long, really, can't he? Um, and um, you know, eventually they're going to be able to kind of fix this this truck and and kind of move it off the road. And and this other guy then turns up and basically says, "Oh, I can give you a lift back into town." And you kind of see QB kind of give that look to Mike of being like, "What can I do? I've kind of you know, I can I can only stall this for so much." And and this is where the kind of tension is is really massive on this episode, right? Of like. Walt's not ready to let it go. He wants to get the full, was it 300 gallons or whatever it is, I think that he wants to mm. get. Um, and so he's not prepared to let the guys stop until they've got all 300 gallons. And Mike's saying, you've got to stop, you've got to stop. Um, and um, and Walt won't let that happen until he's got his full 300. Um, and, and basically, we, you know, it's kind of, this is really edge of your seat stuff. And I remember watching this for the first time because I was, I was in the period of watching this basically in real time now, I think, and just being like on the edge of my seat, like, oh my God, what's going to happen? We've got one of these guys that's under the, you know, under the, the carriage and one of them's on top of it. Um, and, and basically, yeah, the, the train actually starts moving and these guys haven't finished the job yet. And so basically we end up with a situation where um, basically Walt finally says, yep, you can, you can go. These guys kind of uncouple, but um, Todd has to more or less kind of jump off the top of a moving train and Jesse has to lie down in the middle of the tracks as the train goes over the top of him, which is a terrifying image, um, and and yeah, it's basically it's you know the, the train takes off and and you know they all kind of look at each other and, and job's done, you know it's it, it's and they all can't quite can't believe it's it, they've actually been able to pull this off. Um, only for them to kind of look up and see our our boy Drew has turned back up and he's kind of looking at them from a distance on his bike, kind of waves at them and. Um, you know, before anybody really knows what's happening, you've kind of got, um, kind of got Todd, you know, like just pulls out the gun and shoots him and, you know, like, um, you get the whole thing of Jesse screaming, no, but it's too late. You know, Todd's already acted immediately to kind of, you know, um, take out what he sees as this problem. And I think we kind of had that line earlier in the episode where basically, you know, when, when Todd's been given the instructions, it's basically, you know, like, nobody nobody but us is allowed to know about this that is critical and so you know we're going to pick up on that in the next episode of course but yeah that's todd sees there's a problem he's got to get rid of it straight away and and um yeah that's how the episode ends it's a it's you know a pretty pretty gut-wrenching end to this episode of this this kid being killed um so yeah that's kind of the very the the, the very high overview of what is an amazing scene i've probably missed lots of the key details and um yeah amazing shots and 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 the tension and the music and all that kind of stuff, I think, which makes it such an amazing scene. But there's, I'm sure there's bits you want to break down and talk about individually. So that's kind of just the overview. But um, yeah, I'm sure you've got favourite bits and pieces about this particularly long scene that you really enjoy. I love Bill Burr's shirt. The, uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's like a wild west with horses on it kind of uh, shirt going on here. And what does he say like to the guys like, oh, lucky you weren't asleep at the wheel. What if they were? What if, like, I mean, they've got a long bloody ride. They always have to be on guard. Like, just... <laughs> You know, like what? What the fuck was that? Um, you know, like I'm sure they can't look like they're staring at. Oh, there's a cow! Slow down. Um, I'll probably just run over a cow. But I do like. I just love the way Bill Burr's just kind of like, oh, you know anything about engines? Oh, of course you do. That's why you call engineers. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just kind of like the the back and forth between um those guys. But yeah, I, I remember watching this for the first time, and similar to you, just being like, holy crap, this is amazing. Um. Just, just everything about it is so tense, and e- even watching this now, knowing what happens, I think you still feel that level of like this is <clears throat> this is crazy. It's really well shot. It it looks really good. Um, 
you know, I don't know. Like, I'm guessing they would have had to get some form of train out there and just, you know, doing it. I don't know if uh, Aaron Paul really laid underneath a train as it went over him. But um, yeah, just- well, the, the behind the scenes stuff is actually really interesting about this because obviously, like we haven't we haven't obviously said it, but um, yeah, they they this is one of the few ones where they actually went off location from Albuquerque and and you know went to Santa Fe. Um, New Mexico, which is I'm not quite sure entirely how far away this is, but uh, yeah, this was obviously a, um, a quite a famous filming location because it's um, this this train, these train tracks is um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, so yeah, and and basically, so they went out on on location to do this, had to hire a train, and um, the commentary is quite funny. And you know, hearing these the producers kind of talking about you know. The, the logistics behind that and you know the, it was kind of like a go for gold type moment that they were going to just spend a whole lot of money on this episode this is one of the most expensive episodes um you know in, in breaking bad because of the cost of hiring this train and um and you know every time they wanted to redo a take that would take half an hour to you know back the train up the tracks hmm. and all that kind of stuff and um it, they even get down to all the details and that they even talk they have this guy who was like a snake wrangler who was basically keeping rattlesnakes away from the cast and crew <laughs> um so yeah it was like a the the work involved in, in putting this scene together is phenomenal um and yeah the jesse thing is is a cgi well not cgi it's, it's basically two two shots knit, knitted together you know so you get the shot of him without the train just lying on the tracks and then they have one of the train going across the same location and then they just knit the two together Stitch so together. yeah he was okay. yeah he was he was ne- he was never actually kind of kind of put into any harm's way of course um but i think it's really effective i, I never think twice about it you know it's, it, it looks like it works to me so yeah I always wonder uh, what does Bill Burr do once this guy takes him back into town. Uh, you know, like he's, <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a ride, thanks. Like, uh, and what happens to this truck? Do I have to go back and get this truck, basically? But <laughs> the thing with the the shot, like, which this goes into why I like the character of Todd because he's just like, until this point, you just you don't know about this guy. He just seems like a nice guy. He's a good Samaritan. He's helping him out. Like, he's he seems keen. He's just you know, like he's. If you watch our loss coverage, he's the boon of, of Breaking Bad. He'll do it every... I'll do it, I'll do it, yeah, I'll do it. Um, but, like, what I think kind of makes it even more effective is kind of this kid just waves and he just... The way he just... Todd just kind of waves back at him. It's like, okay, he's being nice. Is that where he pulls a gun and just kills this kid? Like, holy fuck! Like, that's where I think it's effective, right? Like, it's just kind of... You, just, you are not expecting this. It's similar to the Walt scene before when he bugs the computer. It's just like... It's just out of nowhere. It's like, holy fuck! Um, and then, yeah, with that shot of the tarantula at the end. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's epic. Of course, I'm going to say a top five scene. Um, again, as we say, every time we mention a potential top five scene this season, it's going to be very difficult this season. But, um, I mean, everyone remembers this. I mean, we've obviously got a, a pretty famous quote coming up in two episodes time, which everybody remembers, but I think everybody always remembers the train heist, don't they? Um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's epic. Yeah, and uh, I think it's just it's like you say for it to be a, a twelve-minute scene, and it's really hard to pick out a bit that we, you know, th- that we would, you know, like not want in the top five. You know, like it is just this really long scene, but it, it does really, really work. Um, and so, yeah, I think probably if this was a five-minute scene, it wouldn't. You know, I think you do need all that extra time on the scene for for it to be effective. Um, and so, yeah, I I think great scene. I I, I yeah, I don't really know too much more to say about it. Really, it feels like because it's such a long and epic scene, it feels like we should talk about it for half an hour. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's really good. I think it's it, to me, it's even more interesting when you are able to kind of watch those, um, you know, those 
special features because it does talk about the how difficult this was to film and you know getting these guys out on set and doing all this kind of stuff and you know just even watching kind of the safety briefings is hilarious because he's going on about you know don't do this don't do that you could do whatever i tell you to do um you know if you do this you'll die and then it kind of just like cuts to aaron paul just being like yeah this is great like just like <laughs> cracking up laughing it's yeah it, it's really really good so yeah i think there's um you know some some really good stuff on the scene i think it's one it's, as you say it's one that you can kind of continue to watch um and, and get enjoyment out of it every time and i think when it's a scene that's designed to kind of really um you know grab you on a first viewing that you still enjoy it second time around i think is is really really cool so so yeah i uh, yeah i don't think there's too much more i could say I think I was, the, only thing I wanted, the, the only thing i wanted to add on it is the um the score uh, Dave Porter's yeah, score, yeah, like it's yeah. great. It re- really adds to the tension of it, and that's pretty much the only music we hear in the whole episode, isn't it? So, um, it just works, and it's, particularly when it's like picking up that pace towards the end as well. Like, yeah, it's it's really really good. Mm, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so I think we can probably kind of get into things like uh, any trivia, and I, I, I may have kind of um, talked about quite a, quite a bit of it um, already. Um, but yeah, I think there's uh, this is one of those kind of wiki pages where there's uh, there's quite a lot on it, right? Mm, yeah, but I don't know if there's any... I mean, if you want to know what the Earth Mover is, it was a John Deere 310G. Yeah, it is Yay. a bit of one of those pages of like, here's the technical specs of, of kind of everything that, uh, you know, we've ever had. Um, yeah, the, the, guy, the guy who's the engineer, actually, who is an engineer or, or train driver, whatever it is, he looks like... I feel like I know that guy from somewhere. You know, when you see somebody like, where have I seen him from? But, yeah, um, there's one of the one of them to me looks like. Um, not that I think you're a True Blood fan. He looks like one of the main characters no. in True Blood, but I don't think it is. This is this Mick Watford guy. Uh, one yeah. of them's been on The Walking Dead, which might be where I know him from. Um, yeah, these people that turn up for a few episodes, and you're like, that face is familiar. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah, is there, is there anything else on that that we did want to talk no, about? No, I mean, um, yeah, I, 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 I like one of the trivia bits. Uh, the, uh, the cast and crew said this was very difficult to film. Thank you. Glad you <laughs> yeah, could tell yeah, us that, yeah. Breaking Bad Wiki. Yeah, I think um, I, I think it's quite nice how they kind of talk about that there's, you know, like a few kind of, um, you know, linkages here where you, you get that kind of line that Walt says earlier on, and I think it's from the last episode actually talking about, or the one before, where he says, you know, the methylamine keeps flowing no matter what, you know, nothing stops this train. Um, mm. And then we've got a scene where we're literally stopping a train, you know, which I think is, is really quite fun that they kind of got these things kind of linked together is really good. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think there's there's lots of cool stuff there. I think, um, yeah, kind of the vibe you kind of get from this kind of feels like a real West, you know, Wild West type thing. And I think these guys really enjoy being on this location that is in the West. You know, it is in the Wild West. And um, I think that kind of really adds to it. So, so yeah, I think I think there's lots to like about this episode. Look, I, look I'm quite happy to, to put my market down first. Um, it's nothing particularly shocking. It's probably just a little bit lower than than maybe other people might put it in. It's definitely a buy for me. Oh, one of the problems I, 16 one in of the a row. I had. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, of the, <laughs> one of the problems I had with um, you know, with kind of my rankings is that I've actually got one that I thought was way too low. And so I'd kind of look at that and be like, I like this episode better. 
you know, I've got to rank it below this, but you know, and and that was the cats on the bag. I had that, I had that kind of down in the thirties. I was like, this is a, you know, that's too good of an episode to have all the way down the bottom, even from an iconic perspective. You know, it's obviously the bathtub falling through the ceiling episode, and so I've actually bumped that one up a little bit, which you know the listener doesn't care about, but it's kind of made my life a wee bit easier in terms of being able to uh, to kind of rank things a little bit as being that is it better than that episode or not as good as that episode. And um, I've actually got this one sitting right underneath that one um, currently in. 18th um no 19th my apologies um so it's in the top 20 at the moment so that's maybe not that shocking i don't know but i, I just think there's some there's some good episodes that have, have gotten above it um and and yeah i think it's you know like when i look at my list i think i've still got it above most of the, the episodes on the season so far um but i do have live free or die above it at the moment i think it's a better episode um so yeah i don't know if, if you know the the, near the bottom of the top 20 is a shocking place to have this one or not but it feels like it's such an iconic one that maybe I'm making a big move there I don't know but still definitely a buy Go, you know, great episode uh, definitely a buy from me uh, I, I do love this episode just just clarify people at home Nick's only two away from equaling the uh, Oz Network record for TV shows buys in a row no pressure the next couple of weeks um, and I have this ranked at 15th. I've got this as a high so far of this season, so I've got it three spots ahead of Live Free or Die. Uh, so I've got this just below Box Cutter and just above Half Measures. Um, I, just, I just really enjoy this episode. I think there's there's not, I get the tips and there's nothing wrong with this episode, but I just think that the train sequence alone is just amazing. I love the setup for the high stuff. Um, and just, yeah, I just, I enjoy everything about it. I think it's kind of, it works like even just the simple scene of Walt bugging Hank's computer. I like it, you know, uh, Emo McGee. Uh, I'm not down on the Skylar bit as much as you are. Uh, even sort of Lydia getting the map out and kind of going over that. Um, you know, I, I think this is a great episode. So, yeah, right now I have this as a high season five episode at 15th. Well, I'm not that far off then. I, I thought like I was going to be, you know, like um, shot out of a cannon or something for putting it as low as I did. But, um, yeah, I, I will say that I think, yeah, obviously that, that end um yeah sequence is amazing um and so it's you know some of the other stuff in the episode that i'm not as crazy about so and i think it's kind of starting to really go to my point that i think season five has some great you know moments you know and i think potentially when we get into our ranking all our top five moments overall for the show i think the top the season five ones will be near the top but i do think kind of episode by episode i think at the moment it feels to me like season four is stronger and that could very well change as we kind of move on but uh, at the moment I think you know great moments on season five but I don't think there's been any kind of knock me out of the park episodes yet the interesting thing I say the ringer has it at 18th overall but they've actually <laughs> got it one spot ahead of the finale so they've got it uh, one spot higher than Felina which um is interesting so um, yeah well I mean we're not we're not far away from Felina but I think that's going to be a, 10 more episodes a to go yeah, surprisingly a divisive episode, I think, and one that I think has changed over time. I think, you know, the, the moment people saw it, they had a reaction, and I think it's, you know, been discussed, you know, to death since then, and, and so maybe people have a different view on it um, than they did when they first watched it, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, I think in the meantime, we can wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Um, appreciate any feedback you've got. You can find us in all the usual spots wherever you uh, you, you get your, your Oz Network goodness. That's where you'll find us um you can find the other shows that we do and um, our sister shows as well there's there's always something new on the go at the oz network that's for sure um so yeah don't want to talk about next week at all stuff. 
Do we want to talk about it next week? Oh, yeah, I suppose we better do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you about mention that. it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah, trying to steal your job away from you, Nick. But um, no, nah, well, I'm I'm terrible at it, so I need somebody to really tell me are. how to do it. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, um, so I, in some ways, I. I, I I like, and I think next week's episode makes this episode better as well. I think would be the other thing I'd say is that I think the consequences of this episode play out in the next episode, and so I think it's a nice companion piece to to Dead Freight in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree, and obviously I watch these back to back, but yeah, I, I I'm not as high on next week as this week, and I. There's a lot of next week, which kind of is just like, eh, um, to me. There's some really good stuff in it as well. There's some funny stuff in next week as well. It's been a while since we've had some legitimate funny stuff. Um, and I will say, like, there's just some, there's just something about next week where I think there's something kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, it, just, it feels like it just gets rushed at one point, and all of a sudden just something goes from zero to 100 really quickly. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, there's, I, I don't hate next week's episode, but I don't absolutely love next week's episode. Okay, well, we'll have plenty to talk about. Yes, we will, Nick. I think, I think, I think the um, the the author of my Breaking Bad One Hundred and One book absolutely agrees with you. Um, if that's a nice little teaser that we can talk about next week, I'm glad that somebody does. <laughs> it had to happen sooner or later. I know. One day, thirty-four <laughs> years later, here we are, finally. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not doing my uh, house tip again. So we're just going to end this episode by saying, my name is Nick, and uh, I expect to be paid. And my name is Ben, and glad we could work that out for you. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.